one stores away to get back homeward. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ghouls and gore. And sometimes a little more. My bloody podcast. <laughs> Welcome everyone to my bloody podcast. Oh my gourd, the world has turned upside down since the last time we've been here. I think the last time we actually kind of came together, we we were talking about just maybe one or two things closing, but everything is closed now due to this virus going around, shutdowns, quarantines are in order on my bloody podcast, but that's not stopping us from bringing you all the wonderful, deliciously gory content in horror film and horror entertainment. I'm Brian Kluger, and I'm just so glad to be in full hazmat suits, naked hazmat suits, really, with the best friends anyone can have, Preston Barta and James Cole Clay. Holy shit. Preston, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Just uh, watching movies on the couch with some pizza and weed. <laughs> That's the way to go, man. How about you, Cole? Is this the same thing you're doing? Dude, I could not have said it better myself. Um, my heart is angsty. My head is spinning. But my body is chill and my eyeballs have been glued to the TV. So it has been... That has been good, honestly, to be able to rely on that. It's I saw this like super funny meme that Preston shared. It was like people are tripping about being outside or being stuck inside. DVD and Blu-ray collectors are like laughing, like Ray Liotta and Goodfellas or something like that. And I was like, dude, honestly, <laughs> if I get to go on a walk with my dog every day and like maybe have food and like, dude, I'm good. I love being at home. Like, I love it so much. It's the best. Um, so it's yeah man it's been cool yeah that we we each i mean collectively i'm sure the three of us have like between like six thousand movies physical like physical copies how many do you have i i you know what i don't i didn't even count it's it's two or three thousand movies but maybe it's more (laughs) i don't know um but it's between all of us i think we have so we could open up our own video store but i'm curious what you guys think like we're kind of living in a real life horror film or the start of a horror film kind of right now what do you guys think about that go for it Preston Uh, yeah I don't even know where to begin Um, yeah it's 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 a really weird time to be alive Um, uh, I, I should probably you know at least provide some clarity that I'm not actually smoking pot and eating pizza on my couch. I have a two-year-old and I have a wife. And so my, as much of a awesome collection that I have, I can't spend all my time watching it. I'm having to do a lot of family activities and things like that. 
But um, yeah, I'm having to have weird discussions with my son about like why he can't go back to school and why he can't play with his best friend that he mentions every day. And uh, we have to limit our time going outside. We go on, uh, we take our dogs for a walk and we walk around the neighborhood, but I'm sure he's really questioning and doesn't really understand what's going on so that's it's just a scary time like even that it's just like a more of a reality scare than uh like a in your face kind of horror movie but everything of what's going on is certainly built to be a, a great premise for a horror movie I hear you. And what about what so in Coles in, um, in Houston so yeah I, I live in Houston so I mean look all kidding aside um it Dude, I mean, there are, like, real anxieties there, like, about work, and I'm a contract worker, and what's going to happen for the future? Is everything going to be okay? But you kind of just have to, you know, as much as I like to be scared, you just can't be walking around scared. I'd say cautious. Um, I just welcomed uh, in my first niece. My sister had a kid. Um, and Oh, my God. Dude, yes. I'm telling you, it's like... I. And it's not my kid, but I love my little sister so much. And this is so boring for your podcast. But, dude, it's so scary because this little baby, I love her so much. And, like, nobody can come <laughs> see her. And I just love this little baby so much. And, it, you know, it is scary. But, you know, I have an amazing girlfriend who I live with and our dogs. So we – I don't spend all my time watching stuff either. I really try to limit it to nighttime and just kind of, kind of keep it business as usual. Um but, um, you know, we do stay up a little later. That's that's a plus because I don't want her to just think that I'm just taking this time to just be like, oh, I'm just going to indulge in all of these Screen Factory Blu-rays that I have because I will. I, I absolutely will. And I will watch special features like crazy. But um, we're taking time to uh, cook more, make really good meals, go on those family walks with our dogs. We have an amazing park. So, I mean, look, it's it is scary, man. But um I guess I have some faith in humanity, I guess, right? I mean, I just definitely think about a lot of movies that um, <laughs> that I, you know, I think about Return of the Living Dead. Yes. I think about, I mean, even though that's like toxic wastes and stuff like that, <laughs> corporations, but, you know, there is a lot of stuff going on like that. And I think about, you know, A Quiet Place really it is the one that is, it comes at night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the. That and A Quiet Place are the ones that have really been in my mind um, the well, most. And it's probably best that A Quiet Place 2 didn't come out right now because we'd all be scared shitless because I saw that what that trailer was and the pandemonium that people were doing around grocery stores. So Yeah, yeah. there's there's that element to it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're on the My Bloody Podcast. Our main feature is something super fun. It's something that's not uh, – it, this movie is something that's not uh, – you don't want to do it right now because it is called the Slumber Party Massacre. No slumber parties with friends these days here in the real world, but the Slumber Party Massacre is our main event. We were going to talk about that a little later, but, you know, there's not much horror news really going around, you know, other than, you know, maybe some horror movies getting released early on video platforms, so... Preston Cole, uh, we'll start with uh, you, Preston. Is there any horror movies that have come out that you've been watching in these times, kind of like that you've never seen or excited to watch and that you want to kind of recommend or something like that? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I just went through Universal Horror Collection from Scream Factory. They, they've put out 
a few volumes. They're set to release a fifth one, but I watched the fourth one and they had uh, four movies in it and I watched all of them and they're, they're relatively good. It's probably one of my least favorite volumes. Um, but it's got like some that just are not really horror related material, but they're, uh, they got like Boris Karloff in it and they're like showing his range and more of dramatic arena. And so those have been, um, interesting to me. Um, but I've been watching so many different things outside of just horror, like watching movies with my son, like, uh, the 99 Tarzan film which is horrifying in its first five minutes completely forgot about is, uh, is that the animated one yeah yeah okay. the it opens with like a gorilla mother losing her infant to a uh, leopard and then uh tarzan's parents dying so i just completely forgot about that i was like immediately after i saw that i was like man up has or, or like Tarzan has, uh, or up has nothing on Tarzan. Um, so, um, it's and, Disney for you. Uh, kind of oddly watched quite a few movies with Wayne Knight in it. Um, <laughs> cause he voices the elephant and then we watched space jam and oh, then we watched man. Jurassic park. I never uh, thought so. I would hear one of my friends saying, Hey man, we had a Wayne Knight movie marathon. Pretty much. <laughs> He's memorable um, in all those movies, though. He's it's a divot hello, in Space Jam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, cool. uh, Wayne Knight rules, <laughs> but but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I watched the new Star Wars uh, documentary that's going to be on the Rise of Skywalker Blu-ray or 4K. Right, uh, yeah, it was pretty awesome. good. And then um, what, what I, I watched April Fool's Day. Uh, I, I love that movie so here. much. Biff. Oh yeah, Back to the Future. Wonderful. So I'm sure we'll talk about that one in the near future. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Cole? Is there anything like you just dying to tell people you're watching in these times? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what I was getting down on was kind of similar to Preston. Um, I saw Onward and I liked it. And so I started to go through all the Pixar movies that I love. Just I needed something normally – you know, when I'm when Preston and I'll chat about what we're watching all the time, and he's like, "Dude, I just I can't handle this dark movie. I, I'm this is like, he like he knows where to put his boundaries up, and I'm always like pushing myself. And I kind of got to a point where I was like, "Dude, I just need some good, fun, happy stuff." So I was knocking out a lot of Pixar's. Um, I think, and I watched a lot of Brad Bird movies. Um, I saw Iron Giant for the first time uh, in its entirety, and. Oh my God, that movie I thought was transcendent. It was great, great movie. Um, Ratatouille, still probably my favorite Pixar movie. Um, I did, I've been going through the Friday the 13th movies uh, recently for really an inexplicable reason. I think it was because of the past Friday the 13th um, that happened two weeks ago. And uh, the pinnacle of that uh, franchise is when Miguel Nunez, uh, who plays Spider in Return of the Living Dead, says, Oh, those enchiladas! So that was something <laughs> that I love a lot. Um, eh, you know, they're fun, pretty, pretty dull until you get to the final reel of all of them. Um, but uh, until you get to six, and then, um, which is what I'm at now. Um, but there's some good stuff in those. Um, but the main thing I saw that I really like, I texted Preston about it. Um, I watched Sharp Objects with Erica, um, my girlfriend. Um, humble brag on that, but. Um, 
we hung out, and I really like uh, this guy, Jean-Marc Vallée, who did Big Little Lies. He's like one of the best editors, I think. His stuff is incredible when it comes to that. And Sharp Objects with Amy Adams and Patricia Clarkson and Eliza Scanlon from Little Women is horrifying in so many ways. It is like a different, it's a type of horror that I didn't really know to really reckon with. Um, it's not anything supernatural, it's nothing like that. It is just the horror of a small town. And um, it's not like a Dairy Maine or something like that, but Wind Gap, uh, Missouri, and all the beef that people have with each other, a lot of the whispers of shit-talking that you hear and the illnesses that people go with. Um, but, I mean, probably my favorite Amy Adams performance. Um, Chris Messina is in it as well as a uh, cop from Kansas City. Um, but, I mean, really dark, but I think has a very satisfying ending and really communicates memory in a way that I thought was really interesting. Um, but also, the very last thing that I will say um, is definitely watch Sharp Objects. It's like a seven-hour-long movie, essentially. I, I, I thought it was just amazing. And Gillian Flynn, who, you know, of course, wrote Gone Girl, wrote the script for Widows. Um, I love her work. Um, so I, I was we knocked that out in two sittings, um, honestly, on a Sunday and Monday or Saturday and Monday or something like that. Um, but um, and then the last thing I'm going to say is kind of goes along with what Preston said. Um, I didn't get to go to a screening at the Alamo of a movie I had tickets for. Um, it's an old James Whale movie, uh, the the old Dark House with Boris Karloff. Um, yeah. I was wanting to I was wanting to see that. Um, because I recently bought this um, awesome Universal Monsters set um, that I was going through and watched Gods and Monsters, which is about uh, James Well, with played by Ian McKellen. Um, and yeah, so I'm going to watch that really soon on Shudder. Um, and it's been really cool. Preston has been my kind of guide um, to getting the Universal Monsters and the Hammer stuff. Um, so I've been really wanting to start to get more into that. But um, a lot of stuff, you know, honestly. And um per our publisher gwen reyes's recommendation i now am definitely gonna dive into the tiger king now my fourth dallas friend to say that they've watched it so i'm like okay i'm gonna fully dive in after watching the first episode um and yeah dude so needless to say i've been home for the past eight days or so so a lot of shit watching a lot, a lot. and i can i can say uh, I, yeah I, I wrote a review of Tiger King last week and or two weeks ago, and it was it's unbelievably good. And and I must say, our good friend Susan Kamyov and her husband uh, or Susan Stevens, I should say, and her husband Trevor and their families yes. actually went to <laughs> one of these tiger parks that's featured in the documentary a few years ago. Uh, pretty funny wow. stuff to hear her talk about it. But yeah. Pretty uh, expensive too, compared to what they said to get in. It's like 300 to 600 bucks. Uh, and they're just up in Oklahoma, so it's not far from Dallas and Denver. Right. So. You have to check that out. And what I've been watching, uh, I... Just finished Ozark season three, which uh, debuts on Netflix on Friday. It was a great season. I really enjoyed it. Just further down that rabbit hole of despair and criminal criminality with the birds. Uh, great stuff there. Really liked it. And been going through just some old HBO TV shows again, like The Wire and Sopranos. Maybe a little Gilmore Girls here and there, just because, you know, it's fun to watch how Hell much yeah. I hate uh, Rory and Lorelai Gilmore these days. <laughs> 
Um, and then as far as horror films, I have been watching like really ridiculous horror sequels, like, like Nightmare on Elm Street 5 or like Freddy's Dead and Jason Goes to Hell and stuff like that. So those are super fun to watch. And then I found some really cool horror films on Amazon Prime that I'm sure we will do main features on my bloody podcast later about, which are Eat Locals and The Night Watchmen. Super fun films. But yes, that is what I've been watching and keeping my time with, listening to a lot of records and whatnot on vinyl, just been loving. I've actually been listening to the Boys to Men 2 album quite a bit and Dr. Demento uh, covered it in punk, Dude. which I love. And of that course, rules. yes, and a Wishbone Ashes album Argus, which if you take a look at the cover of that album, Argus by Wishbone Ash, very, it looks very much like Star Wars. But uh, yeah, great album. But that that brings us. I think we have like a Mondo segment. This the, a record, a vinyl segment. Uh, this bloody podcast episode. Preston, I believe, allegedly received the Lodge on vinyl, which I, uh, which was a good movie, and I think the soundtrack was equally as good. And Preston just has all the details about the art, the music, the sound. And all of that goodness, right? I do, yeah. I, I got this uh, a couple of weeks back. It's um, Mondo put together this. There's only 300 copies of it. I believe it was released at Beyond Fest. Um, so they're the ones that are left over are being sold on the website at mondotees.com, which you can get right now. So, of one of the very rare times that we talk about Mondo releases, usually. We talk about them, and then we say, hey, go check them out on mondoshop.com or mondotees.com, and then they're sold out already. So pretty much we're just talking about, like, hey, the quality of Mondo is exceptionally good, and you need to be on it faster than we're coming with our reviews of it. So uh, this one for The Lodge is up there now. You can buy it. It's 30 bucks, And um, it's a really unique release. Uh, in comparison to the other releases that they've put out, um, most of the ones that they do, they have like the card belt, the, the cardboard um, flap and everything sleeve, and it has the whole thing. This one's a little more uh, like delicate. You have to uh, treat it with more care um, because what's most uh, truly exceptional about its design is its design on the vinyl record itself. It has like this uh, gray and pink kind of uh, look to it um it, it, it's almost like just being lost in this piece and which i guess feeds into the idea of being lost uh <clears throat> in, in the story itself which the movie the lodge is about a group of or two ki- two kids whose mother has recently just passed away from suicide so they're going to stay with their father and their father is engaged to a woman who has a tr- certain past. Um, it, it's it's one of those films that uh, you can easily ruin and talk about and reveal too many details. But it's um, maybe the the movie does in in its uh, totality doesn't add up to quite the movie that you want it to be. But it's the way that the movie experiments with tone. And atmosphere is what makes it a good mood 
film to me or a good mood piece. Um, uh, there's man, there's just like one thing I want to mention so badly. Cause that's the, the most interesting, uh, component of the film, but I will uh, do it. Uh, inv- <laughs> do it, do it. It may or may not involve purgatory, but, uh, ah, so, uh, that's what makes the movie really cool to me. Just the way that it, it plays with that, that idea. And I wish it had dealt with that a little bit more deeply, but, uh, it's still very effective film. Um, so naturally the, the soundtrack is really good. The score, uh, which is done by, uh, Danny Benzi and Sonder Gerains. I believe that's how you pronounce their names. Um, so this score is exactly the kind of score that you put on during Halloween, during when trick or treaters are coming to your door. It's not really one that you want to put on and listen when you have some free time or maybe in the, uh, even though it could probably score the moment that we're living in right now, but I don't know if you want to add to that even more, but, uh, or what we've often said, uh, this is like one of those, uh, vinyls that you can listen to when you're in a mad place and you want to just write like really angry poetry or death poetry. Like this is probably something for that, but it's not going to make you happy, but, uh, it's a really unique uh, score sound very much plays with the elements of being out there in the forest and in in isolation. Um, so maybe maybe not the the best uh, movie to dive into at the moment, but um, maybe after we get through all this, you can watch the movie and be like, oh man, this movie takes on a whole new horror because of the experience that we've all had at being cooped up in our houses um but still a really exceptional score um and a really cool design so yeah you can find that on mondotees.com or mondoshop.com and uh, pick it up for 30 bucks hell yeah uh i'm brian have you seen that i did see the lodge and i enjoyed it thank you Dude, me too. Um, a little bit of Thorn Oakenshield and a little bit of Alicia Silverstone action in that movie. <laughs> Oaken- will he it. always be uh, referred to as that? I feel like he will be. Richard Armitage? Yes. Uh, he's Probably. good. He's actually a pretty good actor. Uh, but yes, he will always be Thorn Oakenshield. Um, dude, well said. I That movie freaked my girlfriend out so bad when we saw it um she said i can never watch that again that was the scariest thing i've seen since hereditary wow and it really freaked her out um and i look preston and i saw goodnight mommy together and i'm pretty ambivalent about that movie but this one man i just loved it and i, I just hope i i think it the the release kind of got a raw deal in a way the way it got delayed and stuff like that to february i don't know I don't know if they're going to release it on the Blu-ray. Parasite. And because of Parasite. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, Parasite, that's, I guess Parasite was the Parasite for Neon, all the other Neon movies. I, I don't know. But um, I um, I hope that, because I know what Neon will do is that, like, a Wild Rose or, like, a Loose or something like that, if it doesn't make a lot of money, they'll just release it to DVD. And you can find those DVDs at, like, Target and Walmart, which is so strange to me because they have great movies there, but just on DVD a lot of the time. Um I hope this one gets a Blu-ray release. I will proudly display it in my collection. Um, so we'll see. 
Heck yeah, like, heck yeah, and get that record too. Get that that album on vinyl. It's like, sold out, dude. We got You got to go to the eBay or something to get it. Most likely, right? Isn't that what you were saying? It's not so. It's not sold out at the moment. Currently, oh, it's thirty oh. bucks, and you can add it to your cart right now. So, oh, they, that's dope. So I don't know how many they have since they've had three hundred in total again, but. Um, it's it's just really pretty. Uh, I I have to like put it in like a unique place because it can't really sit with my other vinyl uh, records because uh, it's it's just like sticking a record in like a plastic sleeve and so you can bend the corners uh, very easily. But yet because it's clear, it just really highlights uh, the look of the vinyl itself. And then it's cool that it has like this white text that's like printed over it. And then if you uh, move it rotate it in the sunlight you can like get a, a different different text letters and things like that and it has a big old um uh, snow what, what do you call it like a, just a snowflake right snowflake? in the center of yeah. it um with the cross upside down um to uh, which is from its from its poster but it's a really cool design i'm glad that they carried that over good um, deal I'm, I'm looking at your instagram right now i remember you posting about it a week or so ago well, i guess it's been longer than that it's been a few weeks but I remember yeah. you posting about it, um, and dude, yeah, that looks so cool with like that like blood stained snow or something like that. Like I love that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, that's and you got it very nice and appropriate under a tree, <laughs> resting under a tree. That's so cool. Yeah, lately I've been lighting, uh, been taken to uh, shooting some of the stuff that I get physical copies out in the elements a little bit, just because uh, I don't know, it gets a little boring after a while when you start shooting them on your shelf or inside your house. Um, and for something like that, it felt like it needed to be p- placed in that that witch Robert Eggers kind of feel uh, environment. Yeah, Preston always has the good Instagram photo shoots on his stuff he like throws his physical media and like leaves and stuff like that it looks cool <laughs> he's it an artiste cool. dude he is and i'm always like damn it why didn't i think of that <laughs> <laughs> it looks good dude yeah dude that's dope man i can't wait to watch that movie again i like it uh and also a little bit of uh news so the three of us have attended texas frightmare uh, fest here in Dallas. It's every year. It's a, it's like Comic Con, but all horror related. So all the horror movie guests, horror movie debuts. It's a, just one big convention for horror movies and the fans that go to them. And that's kind of coming up soon. However, it had to postpone due to the virus. So I think Preston has some details on when this is taking place. Maybe a couple guests that are coming in because it's not canceled. Definitely, it's just postponed till later in the year. So, Preston, what, what's the what, what's the info? Yes, Brian, you heard correctly. I am reporting live from the Texas Frightmare Weekend. Uh, yeah, it's going to be postponed to September 11th through the 13th. Uh, now, uh, originally, it was supposed to go the first weekend of May, but because of all the uh, COVID nineteen concerns. Um, I was getting all these emails and um, I followed them on Facebook. And if you follow them on Facebook, you can get like the latest uh, uh, news bits. And so they've recently been saying uh, because there's a lot of people that come out of town and they stay at the Hyatt Hotel, which is at the Dallas um, Fort Worth uh, airport and or DFW airport. And because of that, 
you know, you only have a certain amount of days that you can cancel your reservation. Um, so a lot of people were worried about that. And so they would come back and say, hey, they extended the deadline. And then now we're even uh, we're considering pushing the date entirely, which was probably for the best because um, we have no idea when things will clear up for ourselves uh, in the States. So now everything's going to be happening at the tail end of the year. And it's probably going to be extremely overwhelming because Coachella is going to be in October. And that's the same time the ACL is happening. So you're going to have to like fight to decide like which one you're going to go to and all these movies that are not coming out right now are going to be shifted so it's going to be a crazy end of the year uh for 2020 uh, so uh yeah right now texas frightmare september 11th through the 13th you can go on uh texas frightmare weekend.com uh, i believe uh their website if you google them you can find them pretty easily and then you can find out uh, more information on tickets if you weren't able to get it and as far as I know, all this, all the guests that they originally had, like uh, people from Candyman and uh, God knows what else, uh, Return of the David Living Dead, stuff like that. Yeah, David Cronenberg. Uh, they're all currently attached to the guest list. Um, the only thing that they added to uh, soften the blow was they added uh, Bill Mosley uh, to the lineup. So um, I guess, yeah, if you stay up to date with them on Facebook or Twitter, you can uh, know, like, if anybody drops out or if they have any new uh, people coming on. So um, that's all we know at the moment. We'll be there, right? Yeah. Yep. I want to go. I haven't been in a little bit, so I've been dying to go back. It's always a fun con. It's always usually – well, in the – previous years and like the last few years it's been really packed because i remember going when you know just the super fans were going so it was real easy to get around and it's still easy to get around but i i really think that they are due for an upgrade on their place they have it to make it bigger because i think a lot more people are going to it yeah um go ahead i was just gonna say i remember two years ago when you and I went on that Blu-ray spree, uh, and we were like looking around for Brian the whole time, and then we just posted up and stared at Billy Zane for like thirty minutes. <laughs> and he wasn't it was great. Hands. No, he wasn't shaking hands, dude. He's ahead of the curve, man. He's a, he's ahead of the curve. Um, and then Preston's buddy uh, CJ uh, Jason was he, which one is he in? Is he in part seven? CJ Graham from. Uh... Uh, Friday thirteenth six. Jason lives. He's been the best one. Um, so uh, yeah, dude, that was a good day, man. Brian, we missed you that day, dude. But um, you know, so let's hope that people now will put on some uh, deodorant. So spend the three dollars. <laughs> Soap and deodorant is key to any Soap mass gathering. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's fun, man. It's so much fun. It is good. So yeah, Texas Frightmare Weekend coming soon. We'll have more details on those updates. But are you, uh, are you, you fellas, ready for the main event? Yeah, yeah, Sweet. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this. We're gonna be talking about our main event of my bloody podcast this week is the Slumber Party Massacre, a 1982 film directed by Amy Holden Jones. Written by Rita Mae Brown and starring a few people you may or may not recognize throughout time, but 
Holy shit. This, this, okay, so we've all seen this movie at some point in our lives, and we, I think all three of us watched it. And even if you haven't seen it, you've seen it. Yes. Because it's a lot, it's a lot like a, many other movies. Correct. And uh, real quickly, the two of you, I know you've seen it, and you might, you probably have rewatched it very recently. I know Cole and I watched it as recently as 12 hours ago, basically. Um, but I don't know if you press him, but is it as good or as so bad it's good or just as fun as you remember it being? Yes. No. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I, I, um, I enjoyed this movie back when I saw it in high school, but, uh, over the years, it, I don't know, watching it again last night with my wife. She she just felt like it. There was nothing new to it. Um, there's a lot of cool ideas here and there, mostly with the editing, um, and then a few ideas that kind of feel like, or certain scenes that feel like, uh, like the bathroom scene from Days Confused, when the girls are talking about Gilligan's Island, that have that kind of like fun feel to them. Yeah, uh, it's nice to see like. Uh, girls portrayed in such a way where they're, you know, they can hang out, they can talk sports, they can smoke grass and eat pizza and stuff like that. No, but, I, I, th- know, I thought that too. I just, I really thought that, you know, coming back to this movie, you're like, dude, the chicks are just like the dudes. <laughs> like they're just having a good time. Like, and just like you said, smoking weed, pizza, drinking beer, tra- talking about hooking up. <laughs> yeah. <I'm laughs> Sounds dude, great. Dude, <laughs> yeah. No, it's so, uh, so it, yeah, it, 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 it's fun. Um, but I, I think ultimately because it has a few advances in a few areas, it, it still stumbles from many other areas. So I think it just evens out as being like a, a mediocre horror film to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cole, what about you? Did, did do you think it held hold up since the last time you saw it? Because you and I both watched it last night, so I'm just curious yeah. if you think it held up. Oh, well, I mean, look, I saw it. I have vague memories of watching it with uh, um, an older cousin of mine, who she she uh, was in high school at the time, and I was in like seventh or eighth grade. Um, so, I mean, you know, honestly. The thing that I've thought about when coming to thinking about like slashers in particular is having a good story with it and having good character archetypes. Even if they are archetypes, the jock, the asshole, you know, the good girl, the tramp, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, These archetypes have to be interesting. Um, So like the thing that I was thinking about is they kind of are. There are those scenes there. And there are those funny lines that they talk about, um, you know, and, you know, this isn't politically correct, but at the very beginning when they're in the shower after playing basketball, you know, they're saying like, oh, my God, I thought your tits have gotten bigger. <laughs> and so it's like there's funny lines like that um, in the movie because I was reading that she um, – the director, she was – she turned down the job of editing E.T. Yeah, to do movie. this. Yeah. yeah. No, it's you know, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And it wanted to be a spoof and you see some of the spoof in it. So for example, um, you know, spoilers, but whatever, um, after the pizza guy shows up with his eyeballs drilled out, which is pretty awesome. And we do need to talk about the, 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 the driller, the, the, the weapon, um, is, uh, 
the one uh, girl, she like gets the pizza from him and puts it on his belly and starts like eating. <laughs> so no, it's like some yeah. funny stuff. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny stuff. Yeah, it's a mix of comedy and I wouldn't say it's like horror. I mean, it's horror movie, but it just yeah, there's it like is. no it's scary stuff. Yeah, suspense really, but oh, I, it's it, oh my oh my goodness! It, you, you bring up a fun point of like who these people are directed and written sure. this movie. So writing this movie is Rita Mae Brown, who is a an activist, a feminist. She's done a ton of mysteries and novels and poetry, but she also wrote this, this story that's supposed to be a parody, but the, the called Don't Open the Door. Yeah. The, the Hollywood didn't want to make it a spoof comedy. They wanted to make it serious. And that's when Amy Holden Jones came to direct it. And when you think of Amy Holden Jones, you're like, holy shit. Okay, she did the Slumber Party Massacre, but she went on to do Mystic Pizza, Beethoven, The Getaway, and The Relic. Like, it's just a insane... And um, she was discovered by Scorsese. Yeah, she, she was an assistant. Which, oh my goodness. And I believe her husband was a cinematographer for a lot of Scorsese movies. If I'm, uh, if I'm correct, yeah, Michael Chapman did like taxi driver and stuff like that shot that for Scorsese. But, you know, coming from these roots of slumber party massacre, it's just an interesting bit. And when you see this movie, yes, like in the first 10 minutes, you're seeing, you know, naked chicks and the, the high school shower talking and all sorts of stuff. And they think it's exploitive. And yes, it is in a way because the camera just kind of pans down and pans up just to, for no reason, but just to show the female figure naked. It's one of the most egregious displays of nudity I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I mean, you guys saw my text yesterday about like teenage boys watching this movie, but it's interesting that it's coming from the eye of a woman, but right. yet the killer is a guy who's watching these women. So there's like some layers there that I think that you can unpack. The thing is, is I don't think that it, you know, you watch a movie like, for example, Friday the 13th part four, which I just watched. That movie follows the same slasher archetypes, but those characters, there's something to build upon with those characters. This movie doesn't fully do it until the third act, until you figure out, like, okay, this is who Courtney is. This is who this person is. Um, and it's a, and I think it takes, like, at least for me, a couple of viewings to really settle into that because you're really wanting to – because some of the dialogue kind of sucks. I mean, like, some it's hard to kind of create an atmosphere with it. But I think when it does need to, it does uh, do well. Right. And so if you're unfamiliar with the Slumber Party Massacre, the, the, the plot, yeah, you've seen it a million times. It's the t- tale as old as time, basically, Beauty and the Beast style, where a group of high school girls want to have a slumber party. There is a um, there there is a, uh, a a new girl in school who they don't invite, but she lives next door to everybody. So she's not invited. So she stays home with her little sister. But all the rest of the girls are over the house having a slumber party, and then there's just this, not even a masked man. You see the full-figured dude face and all at the very beginning. There's no hiding him of or, like, secret of who it is. Just some random, creepy, insane dude who's going around with, like, this Texas-sized 
drill, industrial sized drill that's like five feet long and drilling people. It's like it's the most awkward weapon to use on somebody, but he's just killing <laughs> random. Rad, he's, he's, he's killing random people, it seems, for no reason. Dudes, chicks, whoever. And. Dress, ha- dress like he's uh, a Bruce Springsteen fan or something. Yeah, all in <laughs> denim. <laughs> yeah. Denim from the <laughs> 80s. And he barely speaks, but he's just creeping around. And, of course, the slumber party happens, and one by one, people are getting picked off. And that's basically the, uh, that's the movie. No more, no less. So, interestingly, in this movie, if you watch it... 80% of the time, it's scenes of characters scaring other characters for the comedy of it. Like, just like, boo, hiding behind a wall, or a cat jumps out. And there's a lot of that, which then plays into, oh, once you get scared, you're off, you're, you know, off your guard. You know, it's like, everything's safe, then the guy comes in. But there's just so many weird things about this movie. And I want to start with uh, the the worst filmed basketball scene ever made (laughs) (laughs) yeah a a bunch a bunch of white women that were like man people can just swipe that ball so easily and nobody's doing it right yeah well you have these like i don't even know how they thought that they just learned to dribble yeah it's really bad to watch it's really horrific it just like the scenes because like even in Teen Wolf, which is not like a well-made technically movie, the basketball scenes were not bad. But this one, it's just like, oh man, you have all these actresses who have probably never played basketball before trying to dribble and shoot. And the only thing of a... There's no goal. Nobody makes a basket. Just somebody like bricks it completely off the backboard. And it ends and there's Yeah, like, they're all like Philip Seymour Hoffman from Along yes. Came Polly. Let it rain and they miss it completely. It's great. Yeah, no, it's just, I was like, okay, this happened. And then we get to the shower scene, which is really funny. And then just some some deaths uh, uh, early on, but then and then we have to talk about okay. So there's this really small character in this movie who's allegedly a neighbor, older dude neighbor who is obsessed with killing snails that eat his garden. But the way he kills the snail is he carries around a giant meat cleaver knife meat cleaver. Yeah. <laughs> and slices poor snails. It doesn't make sense. What? Where do you think the director was going with this? You're like, yeah, he needs to have a meat cleaver. I don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, he's, like, first portrayed as this, uh, oh, like, he's going to protect them and look over for them. But it, And then right after that, after the parents leave and it's just this girl, she starts hearing things around in her house. And then he just shows up in her house and he, she's completely cool with it, makes him some coffee. And then the girls come over and they bring weed. Uh, what did they call it uh, in the movie? Uh, what was the name? The Mambo? Or... Oh, the Ma- Ma- was it Maui? Yeah, Maui. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that part was probably the part that I laughed the hardest because one of the girls that comes over, she's like showing the bag. And then he comes over around the corner and sniffs it. He's like, right on. So <laughs> Don't tell your parents I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but then, yeah, when they go back out, he's just kind of like that neighbor in home improvement that's just like constantly looking over the fence and just like, <laughs> hey, anytime you go outside, I'm there. Um, oh. So, yeah, I don't know really what the point is, but have you seen uh, the bonus feature on Scream Factory's release with that actor? No, because I haven't. If, I have not. Is it great? If, if you have the, the Scream Factory edition, you have not watched it yet. Please watch it with that guy because it's one of the most insane interviews I've ever seen where it's just this guy. He's completely lost his marbles today. And this is like <laughs> the only role that he's ever had. But he is just like having a full on like, I don't know, like midlife crisis. And he's doing reciting um, Shakespeare and shit like that. He's just going in, like, like I imagine the people filming it were just like, we got gold. Kind of like watching like Tiger King. They were just sh- shooting and getting this guy doing weird shit, and it's incredible. That's so funny. <laughs> I need to watch this now because I do not own this on Scream Factory. I hate to say it. I only I watched it on Shutter last night and. Oh man, now I need to get this because I love interviews like this. I love when I mean, he 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 probably got the call and he's like, "Oh my god, life is changing." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he yeah, he it's like he's doing an audition for something that does not exist. It's it's insane. Oh, that's so good. I love it. I love that so much. I can't wait to watch this. Okay. Okay, now let's talk about some, you know, some of the other ridiculous moments in this movie such as like the two 30-year-old boys who are playing like high schoolers who are just watching from a window. <laughs> uh, Talking rather loudly and not being seen. Right. As, you know, you know, when this scene comes up, you've seen it before. And you, you really just want to turn, you know, to a lady and be like, hey, uh, does this happen for real? Like you get together with the chicks and you're having a good time girls night. You just start taking off clothes and changing right there. And I don't know, just, I I mean, it's the stereotypical in movies. We saw it in animal house. We saw it. in, of course in slumber party massacre, but I just find that stuff really funny and just, you know, Hey, Hey guys. I don't think as far as, uh, what's her name? Jackie wearing that nightgown. That looks like lingerie. Right. I don't think that happens. Maybe I don't. I, who knows? I've never been on the other side of the window, really. <laughs> uh, soon, soon I will be. I don't know. One Maybe. of my favorite moments, or uh, two of my, uh, one, one, one. I'll stick to one. Uh, was when those two guys are talking, and they're like, "Well, we got to make a run for it." And you know, I think we should split up because no matter what, he won't get one of us. Oh no! <laughs> never really. I've never really heard people say that in a movie, but I was like, you know, honestly, that does kind of make sense. But they felt like they couldn't like defend themselves in any sort of way from this guy. But I, I thought that moment in particular was like really funny when they're talking about that. Right. No, I'm so glad you brought that up because how that scene is filmed is fucking awkward as hell. There, these two yes. guys are sitting on a bed and they're talking about okay. You take the knife, you take this weapon, we're going to run out separate areas of the house and just run screaming for help. And they like look at each other and they're like an inch, kind of like a, when pro wrestlers get in the ring and have like a stare off. They're like just an inch <laughs> away from each other and they're talking so close. Like, 
<laughs> like Cole says, one of us ain't gonna make it. And you almost think they're gonna kiss right there. And it's unfortunately yeah. they don't. Oh, so good. I don't know if yep. that's great filmmaking or terrible filmmaking. I'm gonna go with great though. A little bit of both, in my opinion. That's the thing with this movie. It's like it's kind of a mixed bag in some ways. There's some good stuff, like the scene where, you know, those two girls they they barricade themselves inside the upstairs bedroom and um what's his face? Uh Russ Thorne comes in quietly through the back door and <laughs> yes. or through the window. And he's like, uh, uh, and you know, he's not saying he has a shit eating grin on his face. And uh, you know, what happens happens, but you know, just watching them try to move, like you see it in like Friday the 13th movies too, is like watching people trying to move barricades that they've already made or like try to move like a barn door barrier or something like that. They make it seem like it's A, going to work, which it's not, and B, like it's the heaviest thing ever. Like, dude, if there was, I'm a small guy, but if there was a dresser in front of a door, like, I'm sorry, that's not going to do anything. Like, but yet when they're trying to leave, of course, it's like moving like King Arthur's like stone or something like that. It's just like they can't move it. Um, and that that scene I thought was uh, pretty awesome too. No, that was really good. What about you, Preston? What's another one of your favorite scenes in this movie? Um, outside of the final moment. Um, <laughs> in the, in I, the pool? <laughs> yeah, in the pool, but just getting uh, him trying to beat a girl up with a nub was really humorous to me um so there's that um trying to think of what else i mean i guess i just like some of the smaller moments there's some really like i was hinting at earlier with the editing um there'll be a scene of violence and then it'll cut to a blender uh making like a red drink or whatever and it just kind of fits it reminds me of the of the scene from me, myself and Irene when Jim Carrey's shitting in the yard. And then, uh, the next m- moment is of an ice cream machine. Right. Chocolate out ice, chocolate cream. ice cream. Yeah. So there's like a lot of moments like that, but, uh, another really funny moment to me is when, um, so that person that they, that didn't get invited to the party, the neighbor girl, she has this whole dynamic with her sister who's looking at playgirl magazines oh, with sliced alone. Yes. Um, so that, that was really great. And then even when they go to check on the house and then, uh, they open the fridge to get some beer there. One of the girls, bodies is like in the fridge and then she opens it, doesn't look inside, but the audience can see that there's a body in there and then she shuts it and then opens it again. Um, there's uh, a lot of small, like humorous moments that they, they lean into a little bit too much. Like it was funny, like the first killing of the movie of the, the girl that's, uh, doing like maintenance around a school and then gets killed inside a van. But then you see a wide shot of the body in the dumpster and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> but then they zoom in on it and they didn't have to, but, um, uh, there, there's some real cool, uh, clever things done with uh, editing and s- small moments that have uh, a grand effect. Right. No, there, there, there's so many fun moments. And I, I think that's what this movie is. It's a series of fun moments of something like that. Like Preston said, you've seen millions of times before, 
But it's like early 80s. Nobody makes a good decision in this movie. And it's just kind of fun to watch. Like it's, you know, it really is that simple. What 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 about the score? Because the score I read was um, it was composed uh, completely on just one Casio MT30, which is just like this. It. Yeah, one of these very cheap keyboards that you could probably get somewhere like at Target. But the whole thing was composed on this keyboard. What do you think about that? Uh, simple but effective. Um, uh, I mean, I noticed it, but it didn't distract me in a big way, or I, I felt like it took away from the movie too much. Because uh, I think, like Cole said, like the movie is pretty uneven uh, anyway. That if it even had a shitty score, uh, it wouldn't affect it too much because there's good things about it, there's bad things about it, but overall, it just kind of evens out a little bit. Right, and this movie was made not for much money at all, like just very cheap, cheap shoestring, but it ended up making several million dollars, and it spawned two sequels, which, we, so I'm, I'm trying to get like the cult following behind this, and maybe you guys can, you know, have some insight on this, but what what do you think about this movie people love? That, you know, it spawned a cult following and made two sequels. Uh, probably just the female perspective. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. It it has to be that aspect of it, because I think otherwise it just becomes about just, you know, your generic killer that's trying to, you know, recreate Halloween or Friday the 13th or something like that, because it, it is different. And you don't really see too many killers like, oh, well, this is what the guy looks like. Um, and the shots with him are pretty well done, honestly. There's some good shots in the movie, some good uh, perspective shots of the camera following him face to face, and or like you know, I think I think all the locker room too. Yeah, yeah, dude, that stuff's really good. But you know, that's the thing is, it's just uneven. It's like a B minus for me. Um, I would definitely watch the sequel. Uh, the art, the thumbnail art on Shutter is really funny. I think they're carrying over the weapon. I haven't seen the sequel. So I think the weapon is carried over, but it's like, I don't know who the killer is, but it looked like it was like some like young high school bro um, <laughs> holding it. So I don't know. Maybe he's like a radical dude or something like that. Um, so, yeah. So do you would you hold this in high regard to other slasher movies that you like? Like, is this something you would want to show some people who like on a marathon night of, you know, ridiculous slasher movies? Is this one of the staples? I don't think so for me. I mean, I was kind of thinking about, yeah, I was thinking about slashers that I really like. Uh, For me, like, let's just say a one-off slasher that's really solid. That's not part of like the big, the big boy franchises that we all know and love. Is got to be like My Bloody Valentine. Like that movie has an amazing story, has some amazing kills, um, has a good. I mean, you know, I don't want to say amazing story, but it has a good story. You care about these characters, and it has a good twist, and you're with it. You know, you're with these these people working in this mine shaft, and that to me is an example of one that's good. April Fool's Day as well. That one's really good. Um, this one, you know, it's got a cool disc. It's got a cool release. That slip cover, that uh, steel book is cool, um, and it's under twenty bucks right now at Best Buy. So I mean, you know, it's 
I mean, if you're a big fan of that and you're collecting Screen Factory steelbooks, yeah. But other than that, like my my girlfriend, um, I was like, I'm going to watch this. And she came in, stayed up until the uh, shower scene, which is about seven minutes into the movie, which, after the basketball scene. And she played basketball growing up. She's like, okay, bye. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, she wasn't she was not a fan. And, dude, she's watched so many films, so she knows her, her stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, it – no. No, my it, it, I always long winded, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really still like this movie. I think it's one of those like it's so bad it's good. And I really think if Rift Tracks or MST3K haven't done this yet, I think it's just like it, it's ready to be done. Like given like the Rift treatment, you know, I you know, I, I but I actually like it without that. You know, it's just I think it's just fun to watch. It's like back a nostalgic feel of what really low budget horror movies were like back then. And I, that's kind of like that aspect, you know, like the nudity, you know, it even makes the movie better because it's so over the top ridiculous. And, and you can feel Roger Corman directing it because much. he had a little part in this, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah produced he produced it. it, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I like this, you know what, you know, what if they did an anniversary screen of this movie at Fantastic Fest in the future? We would all be there, right? 100%. Yeah, I'd go to that. <laughs> oh, Slumber Party Massacre. And so you can get a Scream Factory version of this. You can get a Steelbook version of this at Best Buy. Where else can you get this at? Is there? Is it just a Steelbook, Preston? No, there, there's there's a regular release, I think, too. Uh, I don't own that one, but I know that you can buy Slumber Party 2 and 3 in a double feature pack from uh, ShoutFactory.com. But I'm pretty sure you can buy just like a regular release. I don't think it's like a collector's edition, if I remember mm. correctly. All right, all right. So, yeah, this is available. And, of course, yes, it is on Shudder if you have the app Shudder. But, uh, yeah, this... I think this is a movie that when it came out, you know, a lot of people enjoyed it for what it was, but, you know, probably critically panned. But as time went on, you know, the last 30 years, people kind of enjoyed it more. And I think there's just like a lot of charm to this movie that, you know, a lot of movies aren't made like this today. I think people try to movies try to they're not as simple as this. This is like just straight to the point chicks having a slumber party and just some random dude who you see through the whole movie just trying to kill people and <laughs> it doesn't need to be more than that and that's why i think one of the reasons i like this movie so much just its simplicity i mean i feel like we could make this movie again <laughs> like remake yeah it. i mean that's generally what i do when i watch a movie that has has the potential or is working with familiar horror ingredients where I'm just like, Oh, I would have done this. Or if they would have taken it in that direction, it would have been even better. Uh, so that's, that's kind of the fun of watching these movies too. Even when they're bad, you can, can, uh, put you down a road or send you down a rabbit hole of thought where you're creating stories of your own. Um, so it's unique in that way. I like, I, I totally forgot. Oh, no, go ahead, Brian. No, no, I just said, I like it. No, you go ahead. Um, so I totally forgot that Preston uh, loves movies that has the last word is massacre in it. <laughs> <laughs> Texas yeah. I forgot that's like massacre. his thing. Uh, microwave massacre. There's a few that we've there's talked like about. A, there's a years. weed eater massacre. <laughs> a sorority massacre. Uh, there's, I mean, there, it's endless um, and they're fun. 
Oh, yes, they are. They are. They are. And, uh, well, yeah, that's our, that's our My Bloody Podcast, uh, show for this week. This was a fun one, guys. Slumber Party Massacre. This is such a, such a good film. I like it. For all its warts and ridiculousness, I like this movie a lot. This is one to watch late at night. I just wish, I just wish the three of us could have watched this together like at 1 (laughs) a.m. Having a ball. I watched it around 9 o'clock, so maybe if y'all watched it around then, we did. No, I think I, I watched, watched it, it around seven forty-five, so oh, I watched it pretty early. I watched it much later. I think I think I watched it like at eleven. Nice. So, yeah, it was it's only like seventy-seven minutes long. Yeah, too, so that's not bad. Right. Perfectly. How yeah, many maybe. slumber party massacres can fit inside a Lord of the Rings movie? <laughs> you could watch Slumber <laughs> Party the Massacre trilogy? Like four times <laughs> over. <laughs> oh, it's good. Well, we are My Bloody Podcast. We're definitely going to be back next week. We're going to have some more fun horror movies. Who knows if we'll still be quarantined or not, but I think so. But I'm Brian Probably. Kluger. Um, I'm with Boomstick Comics, High Def Digest, and Screen Rant. You can find me on there, and you can find me on YouTube at Brian Kluger, posting all sorts of hilarious video reviews of sneakers and Blu-rays and records and whatnot. So check it out over there, and you can find Preston uh, almost Um, everywhere now. Almost everywhere. Mainly mainly adult sites. Yep. Um... Yeah, you can find me on freshfiction.tv where I'm the features editor lately. It's just been a lot of disc reviews and VOD stuff. Um, and then you can also find me in the Didn't Record Chronicle, uh, which now, uh, sad to say, uh, is I'm no longer be I'm no longer going to be doing print stuff uh, oh, because no. of this whole coronavirus thing. Uh, they lost a lot of ads and. Uh, they're shifting to two papers a week um, for for the future. Um, so my the, my editor called me and said, "I got some good news." And I was like, "What is it?" And she's like, "You no longer because I had some like crazy ass deadlines where I had to like file stuff like two days in advance because they had to they they dealt with like a printing." people overseas or something like that i don't know it was really weird we've talked about Um, that right yeah and so i hated that like uh for sunday content which is usually my blu-ray stuff uh before then i was turning stuff in on friday by five o'clock which i could deal with um i just knew that friday was going to be my shittiest day packed with stuff um and then it got moved to thursday by 4 p.m. and then stuff content like theatrical stuff which would normally run in thursday's print edition i would have to turn in by tuesday at 1 p.m. and a lot of times the screenings would be on tuesday nights um not that that's uh, a problem uh anymore but um yeah so my editor called said that the good news was that i wouldn't have to deal with the deadlines anymore but the bad news is that uh i i my my stuff would no longer be in print which is sad that my last print article was uh, some Blu-ray reviews for April Fool's Day and uh, an interview article for Self Made on Netflix. Um, so the end of an era, indeed. 
Let's hope you get back in print. Yeah. At some point. And we'll then uh, you can find James Cole Clay in a few places as well, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can. You can find me. Um, I have uh, kind of retooled some stuff, as you guys have heard me talk about off mic. In terms of what I'm doing, I'm a little bit uh, winded, so to speak, with the week-in, week-out grind of film criticism. So I have taken a bit of a step back at the time being and just enjoyed watching movies again. Um, but, I mean, I, I'll be back. I mean, I'll be back. I, you know, I... I I love this stuff, um, but it it's exhausting. <laughs> it can be exhausting, and I kind of wanted to take this quarter to just retool um, with the cancellation of South by Southwest, and you know, just been writing so much and such a crappy opening couple months um, with movies, aside from a few good ones, The Hunt and Invisible Man and stuff like that. Um, Deer Skin, oh my god, that movie, uh, awesome movie. Um, you know, it just. It was tough. It's tough. So I mean, look, I, I'm. You can still read my old stuff at FreshFiction.tv. Uh, I pop up on Consequence of Sound uh, quite a bit. Uh, I say just go to my uh, Rotten Tomatoes page. I got a lot of reviews there. A lot of cool stuff. I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds of uh, backlogged articles with Fresh Fiction. Um, I'll be back, um, probably better than ever. But for now, it's smart to just kind of ride the wave of life and just uh, roll with it. So right now, I'm kind of just a film fan, and it feels pretty good. So, good. Uh, not really tweeting anymore, which has been good for my mental health. So I guess you can find me on Instagram. I freaking love Instagram. So uh, Grams by Cole. Not a lot going on there, uh, followers wise, but it's a fun place to hang out. So you know. Well, good deal. You can find all of us on them internets. Reach out to us. We're here to talk. And yeah. Have fun. But uh, thank you guys. Be safe. We'll be back next week with more horrorness for you. We love you. Thank <laughs> you.